It's been a day, hey. It's been a, it's been a day. It's been a weekend, I would imagine. To say the least, it's been uh, it's been busy. My phone's been blowing up, and you know, I just haven't responded to anybody, so I still haven't been able to really respond. I got to go home tonight and probably just sit. And I think I have four hundred texts. I bet. Uh, so I I want to get back to everybody, but it's you know, with the amateur meetings, with everything going on, it's uh, <laughs> it's been tough. So what was uh what was the weekend like? Because you probably were like, okay, I got to turn my phone off here because this is getting ridiculous. Uh, is it you? Or is it, is this correct? Is, did you turn the phone right off? Turn it over? What'd you do? I did. I did. I turned it over and just, I said, you know, even my wife goes, this is crazy. I said, I know. I don't even know what to do. You know, so I just, I just put it aside and my daughter was actually moving into an apartment this weekend. So I went and had to put some furniture together oh, and nice. it kind of was nice. It was a nice to get away a little bit and, uh, you know, not be looking at my phone. Then I look and, and you feel bad because everybody, it was for all the right reasons. And I just, I couldn't say anything. It's, it was frustrating. Well, yeah, because you, there were still things that had to be worked out, and you can't you can't confirm anything, right? And I hadn't signed my contract till this morning, so I really didn't officially sign anything. You yeah. Know? So, uh, yeah, it was uh, it's been a whirlwind, to say the least. Well, congratulations. Uh, how are you feeling? Like you're the there's only been seven full time general managers in this organization's history and here you are number eight like just what what has today been like you know what it's really it like i said before it was surreal i i didn't sleep that well last night the nerves were there it was like you're going to a big game you know i felt uh once i got in front of everybody and, and kind of talked to the scouts this morning and you know obviously that just calmed me down a little bit and then to be able to go and and i think the big thing is i i was really nervous going into the press conference but then to see yourself and just everybody it's just familiar it's not something that i yeah there wasn't people in there that i didn't feel comfortable with so it was it was much easier and you, and you guys were very good to me you didn't you didn't come at me too hard yet <laughs> not yet exactly it's still there's still time now the that was that's got to be your first news conference since you retired, or maybe since AGM in June 2014. That's probably the last time you did a news conference, right? Yeah. Well, I was there with Yager. I went and picked Yager up at the airport, so he did his. That's I was with right. him. That's right. Okay. So I would say that was probably the last. Yager was the last one. Jeez. So it's been yeah. a while since it, you had all that, those people there. <laughs> it's been it's been a long time. So okay. I remember what was your what was your line that Berkey said to you it was uh, you you don't want to be on the bus you want to be driving the bus yeah. and that's one of those things that that has always stuck with you how does that how does that resonate now knowing that you've got the keys to the bus yeah I mean obviously it's only been a few hours but you know that's the goal it was always the goal to be the, a GM somewhere in the NHL and to be able to do it in Calgary like I said that's the dream job for me so you know now with that comes a lot of responsibility and you know i want to do what's right for this organization moving forward and i want to obviously i just want to win i mean i want to win but uh you know like i said we're gonna have some fun too around here we're gonna have fun win and uh do it the right way so i, I as you said it's only been a few hours but are you ready like do you feel ready and that this opportunity is at the right time, that this is, hey, I'm prepared and ready to knock this thing out of the park. I think after 12 years, you know, you, you go through all those little moments where you learn something, you take something from it, you're like, oh, okay, I didn't, you know, there's going to be those learning moments too, especially dealing with other GMs. I mean, my, you know, that's the one thing I think once you, once I got the job, I, I couldn't believe how many GMs reach out to me right away. And they know, they said, I know you're busy, but as soon as you get a chance, you know, 
we'd like to catch catch up and talk so yeah. it's going to start quick i mean it's uh but that's what's nice about having you know the help around with don with dave you know with brad and uh, and snowy i mean it really does make a big difference to be able to kind of put some things off because we have so many things to do right now going into the draft coaching search you know just all the things yeah. and, and, and talking to our free agents and seeing seeing where their mindsets are at so and I think that because you've you've interviewed before, you've come close before. I know that Buffalo, you were you were right there for a few years ago. But what makes you confident that this time around, right now, that yeah, yeah, I I, I I'm ready to be a general manager in the NHL. You know, I think it's just everything that I've done. I've done everything else I could do with the organization, and you've done it all. And I guess, the, like Don said, the only way you're ever going to know is when you sit in that chair and do it. Yeah. So I don't think there was something else I could do to say, oh, I have to do this before I can become a, a GM in the league. It's really, I've tried to do everything and learn everything and know what goes on behind the scenes and how everything works and then take that moving forward and put it in place with me with with me running the show. Is there, a, is there anything that you feel like you haven't done uh, in hockey ops to this point in the the twelve plus years, you know, I I did a couple contracts early uh, when Berkey was here. I got to do Johnny Gaudreau, um, you know, Garnet Hathaway, two contracts, you know, so okay. not many. Okay, uh, and then they brought in Chris Snow and they brought in Brad Pascal and, and and Tree just loved to do the contracts. You know, obviously we all wanted a little chunk. Everybody was hoping for a little of that. Snowy got it. You know, Brad did. Uh, was a big part of him, especially the big ones. I mean, yep. obviously those were, those were his, but even on Johnny's second one, I was able to kind of come in and, and be a part of that. So, you know, I think those are the things that just, we had a lot of people in the office and everybody would like to do certain things. It's fun in their mind. And, you know, that was one I just didn't get to do, but everything else, as far as okay. the draft, uh, college free agents, junior, I got to do pretty much everything else. What it's, during the during this twelve years, and and you talked about it, the surreal, and you didn't know if this was going to happen. Like, were there times where maybe you doubted it was going to happen? You were wondering, okay, is 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 this the right path? Well, I think at times for sure you do. You're wondering, uh, you know, a lot of jobs come available, and I think sometimes you thought, I wonder if because I'm in Calgary and people think I'm a Calgary Flame. You know, do you get lost a little bit up here? I don't know. You know, so there were some times when I thought, you know, oh, I would just like to get another interview to be a part of the process, you know, to kind of, after you've done it once, you want to do it again and just see. But, you know, then you look around the league and as people were coming in, young players, younger people are going into those roles, you're thinking, uh oh, <laughs> you know, right. There, there's, uh, every team has, has somebody now, you know. Yeah, I just saw Briere go in. I mean, I'm so happy for him. Um, it's exciting, you know, and then uh, it just feels like there was everybody kind of had somebody. So you have that Clarkson job as well. You could have gone and coached there right as you were retiring. And I know that at times you're like, ah, that would have been cool too. That would have been an interesting path. But I would imagine, uh, I would imagine today you feel like, yeah, I made the right call. Finally, there's no questions asked that you made the right call when Ken King kind of put it on the table to you back in, what, February, January 2011? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, and you just never know, you know. It, and would it have been fun and a challenge? For sure. But, I mean, to be sitting here today as the GM of the Calgary Flames, it, it's not going to get any better than that. Yep. 
with Craig Conroy, eighth GM of the Calgary Flames. So how, how I'm just curious now that you have gone through the process and names and ink, you're the GM. What what was the interview process like? What were the things that were obviously can't tell us too mm-hmm. much, but what were the huge kind of bullet points that you pressed to John Bean and Don Maloney that you feel were really important in getting you this job? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think, you know, the way I've, I've kind of foreseen this team in the future, you know, building this team through the draft, like I said, I do think that's the way to do it. I mean, obviously there's different stages when you're looking at the Tampa, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah, they were able to get rid of a lot of picks. They were still going for it. They've won two in a row. But they got all those picks early, and they did. The guys on that team that are the core are draft picks. You know, and then they've added pieces here and there, and they've won. So you you kind of look at that model and say, okay, that's what you have to do. You're looking at teams, you know, around the league, and you're kind of comparing how are they doing, and you see them going in the right direction. You feel like a team, okay, in another couple of years, these two or three teams right. are going to be good. So you know, I kind of laid out that, you know, talked about, you know, our our the free agency. You know, a big thing for me is asset management. I mean, like I said, to have Johnny you know, leave and not get anything was tough. And I, you know, I learned a lesson. You always learn lessons along the way. And that was a big one for me because I I did believe he was going to come back. Um, You know, and I think just through the whole thing, they, you know, all the different strengths and weaknesses of me, how you deal with the coach, all these, you know, there's just a million questions like that. And then you just kind of go through it and explain to him how you kind of foresee this is working out, you know, as far as how my relationship with the coach is going to be, you know, am I going to be on the road? Like I told them, I said, I know Brad went on the road all the time. Well, I want to be at the tournaments, you know, I, right. do, I do think I want to see draft eligible players. I, I'm not always going to be with the team for sure. At the beginning when we're, we're new and we're a new group, I want to be there and build that, that camaraderie. But then after that, there are going to be times, you know, where I asked Don, if he'd go on the trip or Brad Pascoe or, you know, Dave Nonis, someone, can go with the team, but it doesn't have to be me all the time. I think sometimes it can be around a little bit too much too for for myself. Right. Yeah. The uh, it, it's funny you talk about building the draft, and and that's an area that this group has had a lot of success in over the last eight or nine drafts. And whether you take a look at some of the late round guys who have popped, or even the second round guys who've turned into really really good NHL players, and I remember. Early on in the pandemic, you joined us, and I think it was Pinder who asked you, you know, what what is the philosophy? What changed, and why all of a sudden has drafting become a much bigger strength for this organization? And and if I remember correctly, it was like we just the biggest focus is we got to get the best guy every time we go up to the microphone. That I would imagine that that ain't changing now that you're the GM. No, I mean, you know, I think that started right with Jay Feaster. I mean, when we sat down, my first thing, you know, my first little four months watching players, you know, I'll be honest, you know, you're only hearing about players. I mean, my agent was talking about Johnny Gaudreau, how special he is, and I'd hear about him in the meeting and, you know, different players, and you're like, okay, and you're just kind of going along watching players and trying to figure out actually how to scout. What what are we looking for in players? What do we want? And then uh, – to see us kind of have that draft was an excellent draft for, you know, getting Johnny in the fourth was huge, but we got Sven, you know, you look at the guys, Brassois still playing, yep. you know, and, and you look at the guys we got. And I think really from there, we've kind of 
you know, we've had a little bit of a, a couple down years where we've missed a little bit, but for the majority of it, the other thing we always stress is, especially uh, in the later rounds, we, we want you as a, you know, as kind of the area scouts to really step up and say, I want to put a flaming C on this guy. This guy is a Calgary flame. If you're wishy-washy where you, uh, I like him, I don't love him, yeah. he's okay. You know, no, we want we want conviction and honesty. Like we say, this is a guy. And and that's when that's how I think we've had success, you know, in later rounds because our scouts do a heck of a job. They spend a lot of time out on the road and, you know, you just think I, I just met with Wolfie yesterday and you're thinking as late in that draft that was, I mean, that was still a big conversation at the table and, and Rob Sumner was really pushing for, you know, for Wolf. And we made the pick and, you know, a few years later here we are. And yeah. it's 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 been a it's a great pick, you know, and it's a seventh round pick. Those are those are the things we don't take any pick for granted because we only get seven of them and usually we don't even have seven of them <laughs> you know so right you know the, the scouts are joking can we have more picks Connie you know <laughs> I said well we'll see how it goes here have you uh have you thought about like diving in on doing trade negotiations and and you know hanging up when it's time to hang up and all all that type of stuff you know it's going to be fun obviously that's one of the things until you're in the chair you really don't make those calls yeah. you know i did a couple when i was in the minors uh but they were minor league trades yeah. it wasn't like and i don't it wasn't like people were like oh wow look at that trade but now it'll be different you know it will and then to be able to talk to all the managers to see where they're going to kind of get the you know their thoughts and their team what they're looking for is there is there a deal to be made you know so i know and Tree did a great job with that i mean he reached out he always had a pulse on what was going on around the league and you know i'm going to try to take that from him because I do know it's nice to know what's happening, even if we don't get the player. Right. Craig Conroy's with us, general manager of the Calgary Flames, introduced on Tuesday, joining us here on Flames Talk. Okay, this Jerome McGinley stuff, what what can you tell us about number 12 and what what could be coming down the road? <laughs> you know, the one thing about Jerome and I, we've we've talked about this, and like I said before, we talked about it forever. You know, and I know he's got stuff in his life going on. And now that I actually have the job, I, I would like to talk to Jerome and see, you know, what can we do here? You know, but that's, uh, you know, that's really all I can say right now because, you know, who knows what Jerome's thinking. He's probably like, Craig, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just one of those where, you know, we've, we've always, you know, we're such good friends. We want to do it. He's got a great hockey mind. The way he, he thinks about the game, you know, again, I was a little bit more defensive forward. He's a little more offensive minded. And I think we work well together and we kind of bounce things off each other. And, you know, just to know, I mean, we talk about the draft. He He's telling me about, especially all the kids for the next few years, he's coached against him in Boston. He's, you know, if it's all these top kids, he's got a good book on all of them in North America. Obviously, Europe's a little bit right. different, but he's got a great feel. He's known these kids for already for three or four years because his kids are playing against him, you know, in competitive hockey. It's, it's amazing the knowledge he has and the amount of video he watches for his job as a, as a coach, you know, of rink Kelowna. It's, it's strange. I don't, and maybe my read on this was bad, but I don't know if I, when, when Jerome left here, when Jerome retired, when March, 2019, when his number went up to the rafters here in this building, I don't know if I ever was like, huh, 
Jerome in hockey ops at the Flames or Jerome involved with the Flames. I, I don't know if I ever, if it necessarily clicked. And I know that you're not saying it's going to happen and there's still, but it's that hockey mind. A lot of people have talked a lot about that. Like he's a, he's a really sharp guy when it comes to watching and, and breaking down the game, which I guess shouldn't surprise anybody. Yeah. I mean, he really does. I mean, we, when we talk, it's not, it's like full on. And, and again, <laughs> we don't always agree on things and situations, but yeah, it's just it's nice to get a different perspective, and a lot of times I would bounce stuff off from, you know, just because we're we're so close to this all the time. To have someone from the outside just yeah. say, "Hey, Connie, take a step back. This guy's, you know, whatever it is, you know." So we we would always do that, which is, you know, is fun, and we, you know, either we both think we're right a lot of the time, but at least we can go back and forth and feel like we come to a pretty good understanding at, at the end. Well, okay, so one of the quotes that really blew up today was when you were asked about your core group of players and you said, I, we're going we're gonna to add some youth to the lineup. And a lot of people really glommed onto that quote and said, okay, that, that's a huge message to hear on day one from the new GM. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you make sure that you do get more youth in the lineup going forward? Well, the one way is to give them an opportunity, you know, that's that's the bottom line. You you leave a little space in your lineup instead of just filling those spots, you know, bringing in Sonny Milano, bringing in because even when you bring in just those guys into training camp, you know, it takes a spot from another guy. And those guys are usually, you know, when they go to these exhibition games, they're good. They are good. Right. You know, they're playing against junior kids, they're playing against, you know, younger guys and they're hungry and they come in and they look great and we've signed a lot of those guys in the past which is totally fine but it's taken away from when i when i want to see uh, let's just say pelche in the lineup in this spot maybe with whoever you know no we're going to put this guy in you know cody eakins is going to be there it, it's and it's nothing wrong with those guys but it's just a different philosophy i think when you look at how uh, Brad liked to do it, he liked to have a veteran lineup even before Daryl got here, and Daryl was on board with that too. So, you know, to to go back, you just have to kind of figure out, and you don't want to rush kids though. Like, and that's the, I'm not trying to say that, but you want to make sure when they're ready. But I feel like there's some guys that are ready, and they'll have a unbelievable chance to to make this team and. And I think it's great for the team. They bring that yeah. excitement, that youth, and you know what? They're they're in the NHL, and it kind of goes around that locker room. Well, and I've got, I, and I know you've. There's some really um, exciting young players. Coronado debuted this year. Pelche had a really nice run. I've got the text line screaming at me though, and a bunch of people on Twitter earlier in the day. You got to make sure you ask Conroy about Matty Phillips, and 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 I think mainly because he's bordering on being an unrestricted free agent here coming up in a month and a half. What, what, what would you say to those who really want to see Matty Phillips get an opportunity? Is, is that something that you could chase hard and, and see if he could be back in Calgary? You know, we actually had our exit meetings yesterday and we talked to Matty, you know, and Matty, Matty talked about the same thing, opportunity. That's what he's looking for. You know, did he commit to us? Hey, I'm going to come back. No. Did he say he wasn't coming back? No. So it's a little bit of a gray area right now with Maddie, but I don't know. I mean, he's done everything he can. Obviously, I can see why everybody wanted to see him in the in the lineup at at certain points in the season. And I'll be honest, I did too. You know, it didn't happen. So, you know, we just have to move forward from there. And then we're yeah, obviously we're going to talk to his agent and see if if Maddie has the desire to come back because I mean, 
I was the one that drafted Matty. I, I was the one that said, yeah, Todd, I want to take him. And you know what? I don't know about the NHL. I said that when we drafted him. But he's right. done everything he can do uh, except get a chance in the NHL. The, um, the seven guys that all are pending UFAs after next season, I, the different cases, you don't attack them all the same way. But just overall, philosophically, how do you look at the best way to handle that? Well, I think the first thing is just to reach out to all of them and just really see where they're at. I kind of have an idea where some of them are at and other ones I'm not sure. And now uh, circumstances have changed, you know, the coaching changed. So you really need to just sit down and talk to them and then just see if there's a, if they have a willingness to resign here. Like I said before, when I came, I had to sign a contract. I was only here a few weeks. I thought it was a good fit for me, and I signed, and I I wanted to stay. I want these guys to want to stay. I just don't want them to stay because the money, the term, you know, I want them to want to be a Calgary Flame first and foremost before we talk about anything like that. I just want to get their their ideas and what what they're thinking about being a Calgary Flame moving forward. What about uh, what about the the coaching search? I, I asked you in the news conference about kind of what you're looking for and what's important in a coach. I guess can, can you reiterate that and and what's kicking through your mind in terms of who the next head coach of the Flames should be? Yeah, you know, I think the one thing you want a communicator, you want someone that can communicate with the players nowadays, but a leader. You know, you want someone to walk into that room and have a presence. And you want to build that where these guys, not out of fear, they want to play for you. They want to do it because they want to run through the wall for you. And you look around, there's certain coaches in the league. When I'm watching interviews, when I'm seeing the interaction with the team, and I'm thinking, man, those guys just love him. They want to, they'll do whatever they can for him. Not because he's telling them, because they want to do the right thing for him. But I also want, you know, with that said, as much as we want to have fun and we want to do all that, you have to be accountable you have to hold people accountable because you know if you if you let it go a little off the rails too much it does you know so there's a fine line it's not an easy job and like i said you have to deal with 20 guys not everybody's the same you can't just it's not cookie cutter everyone's going to be treated the same you got to figure out how to motivate each each guys and i think a lot of that's with the assistant coaches too you got to have a good mix down there and it's a team effort you know it has to be nice that does not mean that you go this way, but you've got Mitch Love and you've got Ryan Huska and you've got Kirk Muller, like the, the internal candidates that seem to be knocking on the door just to have three guys internally to start the conversation with has to be a, a, a nice little feather in the cap too, hey? Well, it does make it easy because those guys are going to get interviewed. You know, they're, they're guys that deserve it. They've worked hard. They've put their time in. They've had success everywhere they've been. And, uh, you know, it's 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 exciting for us. It's exciting that the organization has these type of quality individuals in it. And, you know, we're looking forward to actually, you know, once once we get through a few other things in the day, you know, to be able to talk to those guys yeah. and interview them. You know, because I know them as assistant coaches, and I know Mitch is the head coach in the American League, but it'll be, it'll be good to see him in the in- interview process for sure. Okay, just a few more. Craig Conroy is with us. Tell us about the staff. So Brad Pascal stays on. Chris Snow stays on. They sign extensions. We know about Don, and you bring Dave Nonis in. Just tell us about uh, your hockey op staff and, and who you'll be working with. You know, it's amazing. I mean, obviously with uh, Snowy and, and, and Brad Pascal, that's pretty seamless fit for me. You know, Snowy's got the analytic department. He does an amazing job behind the scenes. I mean, I don't think people really know how much he does, but he's he's just one of those guys that, 
thinks differently than everybody else. So he's a little bit outside of the box, which is great because, you know, as a hockey mind, I'm thinking a certain way. And it's nice to get that outside perspective in the analytics department. And, you know, obviously with Brad Pascal, he brings what he does for the Wranglers, the budgets, you know, he makes sure there's a, again, so many things behind the scenes that people don't see, but to have those two guys and just to have it seamless to know, okay, this is what we're doing. That's it's really comforting and easy. Cause I know, yeah. I know their strengths and weaknesses. Like when we do, you know, obviously the drafts coming up, just the way snowy lays out. Hey, these are the teams that have made trades. These are, this is what they've got for returns. It's all just laid out perfectly. I mean, it's not like we have, I have to search something up. What would this guy be worth? What would it's done? Boom. You know, and, and that's the kind of stuff that people don't see that, that Chris does, you know, and the same with Bernie. I mean, to be able to make those calls and it takes some pressure off of, you know, agents calling about development camp and, you know, I've been dealing with that, but to have him kind of be able to take that off your plate right now, because that's what, that's what agents are looking for. Hey, I got a couple guys. We'd like to come development camp. And then just getting ready for the draft. And then to have, you know, Dave Nonis is going to be also, with his experience being a GM in two Canadian markets, to be able to negotiate contracts with, with Chris Snow. I mean, I think it's a team effort. And especially, like I said before, that isn't one something I've done um, in the past. Yeah. So to have seven major players that we like. I mean, it's we like all seven players. And you know what? To be in that situation, to have Dave here with his experiences, you know, and I told Don, I'm like, I'm actually, you know, to have him be able to help with that and really lead that charge is, is going to be nice. Obviously, my relationships, I want to see what the guys are thinking. And then, you know, with Dave kind of work together. Yeah. What uh, what's your feel on having a captain next year? Is that absolutely? Yeah, we're going to have a captain. That yeah. was the, and you got some you got some good candidates. Hey, yeah. You know what? I mean. I've played in two Canadian markets myself. I've played, you have to have a captain. I mean, I've always believed it. You know, I I struggled the first year we could have named, a, you know, I just struggled with it each year, but obviously that's a decision that was above me. You know, now, now when we're in the coaches interview, we're going to have a captain. You know, that's, it's just a Canadian market. You need a face. When we were in the bubble, they did a picture of the captains of each team. And I thought, what would they do for the Calgary Flames? <laughs> you know, we don't have a captain. It's just, you need a voice that the players can talk to. You're going to have your leadership group. But in the end, you need one person to go in and talk to the coach. Yeah. You know, and, and really, I think that has to be done. I mean, that's what I've always experienced in the NHL. And to not have it was weird for me. Because who? everyone sitting in the locker room, who, who's supposed to go talk to Daryl? nobody went to Daryl, you know, and that's what I asked the guys. I'm like, well, who is the guy? And they said, well, we just look at each other and we don't, nobody goes. And that just doesn't feel right for me, especially for a Canadian market. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a major priority for me. Uh, and finally, what, uh, so there's the, there's the Craig Conroy that, that we know on the outside and, and there's some are like, yeah, you know the the all oh, shucks Craig Conroy. Like, is he going to be able to? Is he going to be able to be the hole that needs to be running a, an NHL team? Now, I keep on saying, you know, I, I I tell you, it's there. You just, what do you say to that? Like, just does the demeanor change behind closed doors when you're getting down to brass tacks on things? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm fiery and passionate, and get pissed off and 
you know, have arguments with people. I don't, I don't, you know, when we argue, usually if you ask anybody, then I feel bad after and I apologize. But you know what, when I'm out in public or we're together, like trying to be just like a good person, yeah, (laughs) you know, so that's part of it. But behind, Hey, we're making big decisions. We're doing things. You're pushing people. They're pushing you. You know, that's the competitive side. I mean, that's, I want to win. I want to do the best at everything I can do. And if I can beat my girls in a, a game of ping pong, I'm going to beat them. If they beat me, they beat me. Whatever it is, you know, it's always been that way for me. So, you know, I, I've never worried about that. I know that's kind of been, uh, Craig's too nice. Well, if you ask people that work with me, like when it's time and I'm passionate and I get fired up and, you know, sometimes my wife's like, you need to tone it down, <laughs> you know? So, you know, I just try not to show that to a lot of people. Uh, it was pretty cool to have uh, to have the the girls here. Hey today, hey. That yeah, was it was the whole almost the whole family here. Yes, Peter Hanlon, you know, above and beyond, he brought him, got him down, and uh, put him in the front row. I didn't look at him much because, you know, I didn't want to get emotional because I know all we've been through together. Yeah, you know, to make these the <laughs> the poor girls went through a bunch of schools at once. I mean, that was hard. But you know what? Then we settled in Calgary, and and I didn't know where this was going. So. You know, to be uh, to be here now and know we're going to be here is, is exciting. It's a pretty cool day. I uh, I'm, I'm happy for you. It's uh, super neat to see it. It was cool to see you command the room today. Uh, congratulations. Well, thanks, Pat, and I appreciate everything you did. I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't hear you in the radio. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, oh, good job, Pat. Oh no, Pat, stay away from that. <laughs> so you know, I've I'm always listening. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Now I have to be really careful. Exactly. The big bus. You'll be getting Texas. Hey. Thanks. Come on, Pat. I know. I know. <laughs> Thanks, Connie. Congrats, man. That's Th- awesome. Thank you very much.